Are you a thief? Are you willing to steal your purpose from someone else's work? Hello, listeners. Thank you for tuning in to episode 12 of the Stuck on Purpose podcast. And this is your host, Jim Washock. And I'm challenging you in this episode to find and fulfill your purpose by stealing from other people. That may seem quite odd and counterintuitive following episode 11, if you were able to listen to that, in which I was kind of using Jesus as an example of someone to be more like, and here I am now challenging you to steal. But I'll explain. You see, many times when we try to determine what it is that we're supposed to do with our life, to find our purpose, to discover our way, we feel like we have to start from scratch. It's, it's like we've got a blank piece of paper in front of us, a gl- blank whiteboard in front of us, and it's like we're trying to write a book with, with, with nothing to start with. But the reality is that many great ideas actually do not originate out of nothing, but are instead stolen from work that proceeded from them. And there, there are plenty of examples of that. I mean, if you think about like some of the biggest known companies today, Facebook, Facebook didn't, it was not the first social network. Okay. Many of the ideas that are within Facebook have been pulled from and integrated as puzzle pieces or as Lego blocks into the structure that Facebook exists today. Uber, for instance, was not the first transportation service to take people from point A to point B, was it? I mean, there were plenty of taxis and other services that existed prior. But what they did was that they were the, the, the founders of Uber were able to put a spin on something that already existed, a unique take to it, a unique perspective, and make something that was different. And so it came across as very new. Probably, perhaps one of the best known examples of this is the iPhone. Okay, the iPhone from its introduction in January of 2007 has certainly rocked the mobile space. Okay, it has drastically changed how uh, the world accesses uh, mobile accesses information mobily, uh, how they communicate with one another, and so forth. And it's all because of the unveiling of that device. But the reality of it is, is that much of the iPhone was actually integrated pieces that were stolen, so to speak, from prior inventions and ideas and uh, interfaces and so forth. In fact, Steve Jobs, the late founder and CEO of Apple, even acknowledges this in the keynote address when he introduces the iPhone to the world back in 2007. Uh, If you're not familiar with it, he starts off the keynote by basically saying that today, Apple is introducing three revolutionary products. The first one is a widescreen iPod with touch controls. The second, a revolutionary mobile phone. And the third, a breakthrough internet communications device. So each one of these came from other innovations. For instance, obviously the iPod. You know, the iPod, they stole basically from their own company. They stole from the iPod and incorporated elements of the iPod into the device. But even the original iPod itself stole its primary interface, that being the click wheel, from telephones, right? Pulse-style telephones, rotary-dial telephones. Um, 
were, were basically the style of interface, human interface, that was incorporated into the original iPod. And then elements of the iPod were carried over into the iPhone. The second product within the iPhone was a revolutionary mobile phone, right? So lots of things stolen there, including the standard uh, you know, one through zero keypad that has the alphabet on it and includes a star sign and a pound sign. And then a breakthrough internet communications device. The, the, the iPhone, the original iPhone, included a web browser. And its structure, though modified for mobile size format, was very similar to web browsers that already existed in the day. So again, stealing those concepts and kind of putting a new design on them and incorporating them into this device. And so Steve, as he went on into the, communi- as in, into the keynote, was saying, we've got three new devices for you, an iPod, an iPhone, an internet communicator, an iPod, an iPhone, a phone, and an internet communicator. And eventually he challenged the audience into realizing these weren't three new devices, but actually just one, hence the iPhone. But he also highlights another interesting, um, another interesting aspect of how the iPhone's interface was stolen uh, later on in the keynote. When he talks about, when he compares the iPhone to the predominant smartphones that existed at that time, back in the beginning of 2007. And a lot of those devices were from the likes of BlackBerry, Motorola, Palm, Okay, companies that had double-digit market shares within their respective spaces back at that time and now have been reduced to uh, you know, low single digits or even non-existent market shares at this point as a result. But one big comparison that he made was the fact that they all had fixed physical keyboards that basically encompassed the bottom 40% of the device's uh, uh, structure. And he said the problem with these physical keyboards is that they're fixed in plastic and they're there and they're the same for every application. Well, every application wants a slightly different user interface, a slightly optimized set of buttons. And some some software applications don't even need the, the full-size keyboard at all. But he, he presented this question as opposed to a bigger challenge. What happens if you think of a great idea six months from now, you can't run around and add a button to all these phones that have already shipped. So what do you do? Well, he said, we solved it already with computers 20 years prior. We solved it with bitmaps by using a bitmap screen that could display anything we want, put up any user interface, and we added a point in device that we now know as the mouse, right? So the problem was already solved. So they stole that user interface design element and incorporated it into the first iPhone, and hence that became the first phone that had a multi-touch touch screen. So again, it was stolen. In fact, speaking of Steve Jobs, Steve Jobs is famously known for quoting, uh, for a quote that he actually attributes to Picasso, though uh, some would argue was actually even preceded Picasso. But anyway, his quote was simply this, good artists copy, great artists steal. And what's meant by that is good good artists will simply imitate, but a great artist will take another artist's work another inventor's work, another engineer's work, another writer's work, another entrepreneur's work, another business's products and services, and they will take and enhance them with their own perspective, their own set of experiences, their own history, their own capabilities, their own specialties, their own creativity, and make something new. So it's, it's, it's 
the type of stealing that I'm talking about in this episode is not bad stealing. I'm not talking about ripping people off. I'm not talking about plagiarizing. But what I mean by this is many times we get so caught up in not being able to discover our purpose, not being able to fulfill what it is that we're meant to do because we're trying to originate something new out of nothing. And the reality is if you go back even in the Bible all the way to Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 9, it says there's nothing new under the sun. God's already created everything. All the materials are here. There's nothing new being created. All we're doing is we're taking the Lego blocks and discovering some new ones, but taking the Lego blocks and restructuring them in new ways. So I challenge you, if you feel stuck in trying to figure out what your purpose is, what you're to be doing with your life, stop trying to steer, steer, stare at an empty whiteboard, an empty piece of paper, but instead look at the things that you already have experience with. Look at the products, the services, the innovations, the ideas that already exist that you're that you are so interested, that you know inside and out, that you're passionate about, and find the voids. Find how you can take what somebody has already done and now make it your own, add your own personality, your own perspective, your own, your, your, your own mojo to it, if you will, and put out something new that it, maybe it's not going to resonate with everybody. Maybe it's not going to be attractive to every person. Some folks are going to be more attracted to that which you kind of took from. But for some folks, this new spin is going to be exactly what they need, and you're the person to deliver it to them. I look forward to your comments. Thanks for listening. Please share this with somebody that could use this sort of uplifting message. And uh, uh, I welcome your questions and your thoughts on Twitter. You can find me at Jim Washock, J-A-M-W-A-S-H-O-K. Chat with you next episode. Thanks, and have a great day.